0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And yes, I'm wearing a different hat. And no, I don't have my glasses. It's been that kind of morning, everyone. I hope it hasn't been that kind of morning for you. We're having a heat wave here in Southeast Michigan. My air conditioning has broken down, trying to get that fixed up. Can't find anything. Uh, It's just been an interesting time, but I hope you're having a better morning or afternoon or whatever time it might be in whatever jurisdiction you might find yourself than I am. I'm still here. Happy to talk about headlines. Happy to hang out with all of you. Where is everybody hanging out from this morning? I always love to get that update, see where everybody is at. And I hope you didn't mind taking Wednesday off. I did see a couple of notes yesterday from folks that were like, wait, where were you? Where are you going on Wednesday? Right now, Still planning to check out this schedule of Wednesdays off, Monday, Tuesday headlines, Thursday, Friday headlines, Wednesdays off. And then with Virtual Legality Primes, the the original kind of video on demand service episode series, whatever you want to call it in this space, coming kind of sporadically two or three times a week uh, as well. Uh, You saw we did an episode on Microsoft making a big, big move to announce a neutrality agreement with CWA for all future potential unionizing efforts at Activision Blizzard after that deal goes through. Clearly in the interest of moving CWA towards being in favor of the deal rather than against it, but still pretty interesting overall. I see we have folks from England, from Belgium, just popped up on my screen, Uh, from Saudi Arabia. Very cool. Uh, Sweden. I love to hear from everybody uh, around the globe. It is interesting that because we do this show so early, uh, we do have a lot of folks uh, calling in, hanging out uh, from uh, locations that are very much not west of me very often, although you do occasionally see the it's four in the morning, Rick, what are we doing here? Uh, Kind of uh, text from Californians and other folks on the coast. Good morning from Chicago. I was born just outside of Chicago. Uh, pretty cool. My family was uh, from Chicago for a long, long time. Um, and yeah, we're going to talk about Amber Heard today. I know <laughs> I know, it's not a topic we cover very often in this space, uh, but she has been giving interviews uh, or more specifically one interview to the Today Show that a lot of folks are interested in. You might have seen other folks that are lawyers on YouTube, otherwise talking about this going over the video. We don't do that here. Uh, I've never really been terribly comfortable just doing the kind of pause and comment thing with videos on my channel. Maybe I will at some point in the future, but as of right now, that's really not uh, what our approach is to these kinds of things. So we do have some articles that summarize some of the big ticket items. And the question that I think is the most interesting, which is, did Amber Heard just step in a defamation claim again? Or if she didn't, Can she be enjoined from doing these kinds of interviews? And having a discussion about what that looks like, just a little bit, because you know I can't claim to be a Virginia lawyer, and the Virginia courts would be in charge of the injunction and the appeals and all these kinds of things. Uh, And there are other folks online that cover those with more specificity. But we can talk overall concepts about what is happening here, why it presents a potential issue, uh, and, and hopefully get to the bottom of why. Uh, this is happening, and whether or not Depp's team is likely to pursue any action or not. Hello, Oklahoma. Good morning from Pennsylvania near State College. We are Penn State, says Christine Shoemaker. Looking forward to that football game this fall. A lot of Big Ten fans or a lot of Big Ten representatives uh, in this space. Uh, I always enjoy that. Rob is a lawyer in demand for Virginia law. Rob is a Virginia lawyer, isn't he? So is Kurt. Uh, And I think they're both talking about these kinds of things fairly regularly. Apparently my glasses were found by co-counsel here. So that's nice. Uh, Oh my gosh, I can see. Isn't that crazy? I was going to do this whole thing without glasses. It was going to be okay. Believe me. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Good morning from Pendleton, South uh, Carolina. I almost said South California. That wouldn't have been right. Uh, Debbie from Florida. Look at all these folks. Happy to have you in this space. Happy to see you this morning. Uh, and to talk about some headlines, to have some hangouts. Uh, if there's anything that uh, you're interested in before we get into the headlines, let me know. As I always say, at Hoglaw Law is the best way to kind of flag me down. Um, and hopefully I can see those fairly regularly. You didn't have to close the door there to get that. We have the hat in case anybody's worried about it. I'm not going to switch hats, but <laughs> the hat is alive. The hat is with us. Uh, and I don't know how many more times we're going to hear the door. Uh, but I know you all love the squeaky door. So uh, that is co-counsel coming in, explaining to me where things are that I can't find. Uh, I don't know if you're in a relationship, whether one or both of you can't find things, uh, but I'm certainly the one that can't find anything, even if it's directly in front of me. So I say I can't do this uh, without my lovely wife uh, in more ways than one. It's lucky that I can find my laptop some days. Uh, so I really, really appreciate that. And she did find my glasses and hat in absolutely no time whatsoever. Now, let's see here. What do we got here? Uh, current hat is much better. This is the Michigan Big Ten Champions hat. Uh, I have a lot of hats, uh, but generally speaking, I only put on the Hoaglaw Law hat uh, for shows. Here we go, the Heathers. Here's how I like to start out my hangouts. Getting me agitated. At Hoglaw, what do you think of the Obi-Wan series so far? So I watched episode five yesterday. I do not care for it. <laughs> I uh, I do not care for it. I, I think it looks low rent. I think it has uh, music that is not evocative of Star Wars. I think the plot spins on a dime and does stupid things like leave voicemails that give all the pertinent information to the bad guys, that kind of thing on a fairly regular basis. And so I wish it were better. Sincerely, this was the one I was holding out for. Uh, and I just don't like it very much. But I appreciate the question because I wish I did like it. And look, I look so different without glasses. Better or worse? No, you know what? Don't answer that. I look great with glasses or without, just different. Just different. Had tip to Mrs. Hoaglaw always, always can't have these conversations without her, as I said. Also, you've probably seen uh, that I've started to put in more of the just the headline stuff uh, slowly, slower than I would have hoped. Um, but again, you're going to see more of those. I think I have 50 I'm um, behind or something like that. Get in there. Uh, and so that you can check those out and adjust the headlines format whenever you like. Some folks have asked whether I can make that into its own podcast series. I'm looking into that. As I've said before, I've never run two shows at the same time. So the, the virtual legality labeled shows, even though this is virtual legality as well, because we're doing a similar kind of thing here, uh, those would be in a separate podcast list. I don't want to just... Hit everybody with headlines and virtual legalities, especially if we're gonna dump 50 on them. Uh so I'd be looking to do that uh potentially with a second kind of feed uh, of a of a show and a channel, and we'll see. We'll see if that ever comes to fruition. Uh, let's see. Ray Tails. I think the show will get better during the second season. However, I agree with the communicator problem in the in the fifth episode. It's just so silly. I'm trying not to spoil anything for anybody because this show just came out yesterday, but it's just it's like the worst kind of parody Simpsons type writing, uh, and it's uh, it's just so silly. I wish I wish it were better. And the, the thing is, right? It's supposed to be this hugely expensive thing, and I hope you and McGregor is getting paid a lot of money for it because he's fantastic as Obi Wan. Uh, but you go between something like Stranger Things and Obi Wan Kenobi show, and it is just so self evident how much better and and well produced the Stranger Things show is over something like Obi-Wan Kenobi that it just makes me frustrated because I've been a Star Wars fan my whole life and I love that Stranger Things exists but it's just so wildly different in production quality that I wish I wish every show could have that level of production quality that Stranger Things season four has gotten and if you're interested in that check it out we still don't have the finale of that season Uh, that's coming at the top of July because well Netflix needs your subs badly uh, and so they want to get those subs in there. We got Hey Mrs. Hoag. I think that's the third or fourth squeaky door already in the first nine minutes of this show. Just always nice to see her. Um, let's see. Uh, Hoag Law. What do your kids think about your channel and its growth on YouTube? What do my kids think? Um, my kids think it's either weird or cool, depending on when you ask them. Uh, my oldest really wants to celebrate hitting 100,000 subscribers um, and is looking forward to doing that uh, with me. We've talked about it in this space and elsewhere. Now, one of the fun numbers that I'm really looking forward to is 107,601. It's the capacity of the Michigan Stadium. And when we hit that number and we're close-ish to it, depending on the day, uh, that'll be pretty exciting for me because that's the number of people that can be in my favorite sporting venue. Uh, But I think the kids... The kids like it. Uh, The kids don't watch YouTube very much outside of the occasional kind of like Minecraft YouTuber. Um, So I think uh, almost all of them, with the exception of headlines now, uh, don't really watch virtual legality proper. Uh, And so since the start of the trial, my wife especially has really gotten into YouTube as a space. Uh, But before that, I think it was um, not something that they knew what to do with, Uh, right? So this was... Uh, part of the law firm that I started in 2016, it was doing something different in terms of marketing and communications uh, and and just talking with people about the law. And I think a lot of members of my family didn't quite know what to do with that. But as of right now, I think they're all proud. I think they're all happy about it. And as I've said in the past, I think one of the things that I might be adding to the channel is, Um, without video, probably with like an emblem or a logo or an avatar or something along those lines. My eldest daughter is fantastic at post-morteming pop culture with me. So we've been watching, for instance, as I mentioned before, Stranger Things together. uh, And I might do maybe after the finale at this point, a full on season four. Let's talk about it. uh, Dad and daughter uh, post-mortem because uh, she's amazing. um, And uh, she's got great ideas. She's great to bounce off of, to talk with about these things. And I always like to encourage, uh, maybe not critical analysis, but at least reasoned, thoughtful analysis of the stories that we consume here in Hogue House. And I would encourage it for everyone. Uh, And so there might be uh, a show or a special event where I just talk with my daughter about this this television program or movie or something else uh, that we're both enjoying. So I think that's something that we'd like to add. Oh, and uh, here's my dad in chat again. Uh, and uh, I think that's something that we might do going forward. But as of before all of this in the trial, I, I think the family the family had varying thoughts on everything that was happening. So thank you for the question, I, I, I love it. Love hanging out before we dive into all of these headlines. Uh, we do have some super chats. Uh, Marianne Talbot, where is Rottenborn? Love from Ireland. Hey, Ireland, thank you for the support. Jenny's getting inky with it. What was your reaction to the scissor hands comment? It's weird, right? We'll get to it. We've got the coverage of it in these articles. But basically, Savannah Guthrie goes and says, Well, what did you feel about when Camille Vasquez is up there uh, saying you're giving a performance, et cetera? And she says, This from the lawyer who represents a man that convinced the world he had, what is it, scissors for fingers? Everybody knows it's hands, but you know, scissors for and, and it's like, wait, what? And I think I understand what she's getting at now. We'll talk about that. Uh, but it was just out of nowhere and super weird uh, in the moment and, and had that same kind of weirdness and lack of like fully practiced uh, sincerity that we saw with her on the stand. Um, she's convinced that everybody doesn't believe her because Johnny Depp had too many paid people and the social media was too strong, etc. cetera. Uh, but the fact of the matter remains that she's not a believable person when she says these things and that's really what's tripping her up. And she can't seem to accept that. I'm not saying that I could accept that in the same shoes, uh, but that seems to be the real problem here. I would, I would offer Mandy Stevens became a YouTube member. Welcome Mandy. Thank you so much. Nicholas Starro halo series and Obi-Wan same problems, stressed out. Um, we've had some bad shows. Okay. We've had some shows that haven't really taken the source material and done the maximum that they could with it. Uh, I think that Halo and Obi-Wan have similar issues. It makes me sad to say I think Halo is actually a little bit better. Uh, I love Obi-Wan. I love Darth Vader. I love Star Wars. uh, But this feels, Obi-Wan Kenobi feels like a cutscene from one of the bad Star Wars games in like the mid-1990s. Uh, It it has this feel that just doesn't have a lot of character interaction. What interaction it does is not depthful. It's all shallow. It's all surface level. And then when you say, okay, well, that's fine, Rick. Maybe they just want to deliver spectacle. The spectacle is all shaky cam. It's all volume LED screens. Everything looks fake. Everything looks unreal. And everything looks small. Uh, And so, yeah, I, I want to like it more. Honestly, episode five was maybe one of their better ones, but it still wasn't good. So I wish I could say otherwise. Thomas Hogue, so sorry about the AC. Come on down. I knew this was coming. You don't have to super chat me, Dad. Uh, Amber Heard is the gift that keeps on giving. We are truly in the pa- in the post-truth period of our history and its sad injunction. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that, Dad. Um, but yeah, we'll be figuring out what to do about the, uh, the air conditioning at some point. It's real hot here uh, in Michigan. And the problem I have in my office is that my laptop makes it hotter. Uh, but that's fine. That's all well and good. Thank you, Dad. I appreciate it. Uh, what else do we have here? Uh, Elise Rose. Hey, hog Greetings from, you guessed it, Aorzia. Excited for part two, Stranger Things four. Watched episode five and seven, five through seven a few times. Now can't wait for July 1st. Yeah, we've watched Stranger Things four two full times uh, through at this point. Uh, and it's uh, one of my favorite pieces of popcorn fiction uh, in a long, long while. Uh, It's very, very good. Highly recommended from me. Um, But you might not be listening to me anymore if you really like Obi-Wan Kenobi and you think I'm just full of it. Could be. Britt Cormier. Hey, at dad. If they get an injunction, she will cry First Amendment all day. Even more, she will say, see, he hates the truth and wants to shut me up so bad and the courts are helping him. Maybe, maybe. Dancing Beagle, she even describes herself in the article as not likable rather than not believable, which is sad. It's a shame she can't seem to move on. I Well, I think we can, maybe not the, the devil's advocate here, or, but we can at least put ourselves in those shoes where if we sounded like that, uh, we're probably not the type of person that would be quick to understand that we aren't believable as a person. Uh, so, I mean, I think it all goes together in some respects, uh, but certainly... After looking at this interview, after looking at these quotes, which we're going to talk about, I know it's kind of like teasing uh, at this point, I would agree that Amber Heard doesn't seem as a person capable of actually reflecting on what has happened and why. As of right now, we can always hope that that reflection comes uh, later. Uh, Otherwise, uh, let's see. Uh, Regarding your laptop, making the room hotter, do you have an ITE? Uh, I don't know what that is. No, I'm going to say I don't have that. Uh, Mostly, I just have a door that I open uh, if it gets too hot, which is, you know, very technologically advanced. Uh, Wisconsin got relief from the heat overnight, so some cool air should be on its way to you in Michigan. Thank you, Wisconsin. I appreciate it. I look forward to it. Send it on over. Uh, Absolutely fantastic. Uh, Elise Rose, don't worry, Hogue. Disney and the Internet have made me hate Star Wars, so I'll still listen. I don't want to hate Star Wars. This is what people get confused about. I also get this online and on Twitter and elsewise. Like I hate everything. No, no. I I hate what has been offered to me. Uh, And that happens to be everything for the past few years uh, on the Disney Star Wars side of things. Uh, I wish it were stronger. I would love for it to be stronger. When I criticize it is out of love, make it stronger, make it better, do better. Um, But Obi-Wan Kenobi has not convinced me that they are moving in the right direction. Nathan Woodward Clark, sorry to hear about your AC. I'd send uh, you some of our Australian winter if I could. Just bottle it up, send it over. It's a bit too cold for most of us. Well, we'll be in the reverse uh, when it's Michigan winter. Nobody much cares for those over here. Uh, This has just been a strange kind of heat snap. And like very often happens, when you get that kind of extreme heat, sometimes your uh, mechanics uh, fall apart. Uh, and so it's been it's been interesting here for the last uh, 48 hours. All right, let's see here. Get a chill pad, dude. You were a gamer. How do you not have a chill pad? I literally don't know what these things are. It's because I'm old, right? We didn't have all these fancy things. Well, I should say our Macintosh computer originally had a chimney that you could put up on top of it with cardboard to dissipate the heat up and to the top of the room. Uh, maybe I should put a chimney on the laptop and and see how it does. Uh, Let's see uh, what else we got here. Tornadoes were on the ground in Wisconsin during the rain and thunderstorms yesterday. I'm sorry to hear that. I hope nobody was hurt. Uh, All right. I think we can talk about some headlines here uh, and I will try to keep an eye out for uh, the Hoag laws or the super chats or anything else, but I think we should dive in um, and start talking about what this interview said. Like I said, I know folks like legal bites, others uh, online have gone over, video, kind of more uh, line by line uh, that I'm going to do in this space. But we can still get some of the the big ticket items here uh, and discuss them as part of this analysis. So ultimately, we're going to be looking at an assertion that the Daily Mail in the UK makes um, towards the end of the sequence of articles that I've brought up uh, that says, hey, this could be defamation again. Um, and we're going to look at that. But first, we have to understand some of what was said? Obviously, there's more said here in a 30-minute interview, but having looked at a number of the articles, having looked at clips from this interview myself, uh, this is the big, this is the big stuff that was captured by all of the press here, uh, and that would be most important in a defamatory context anyway. So we're looking at the Today Show exclusive. Amber Heard says she'll stand by every word of her testimony until her dying day, which, in and of itself, as a statement isn't really problematic because the statement is just saying, I believe in what I said and the jury got it wrong. It's not actually restating what was said in that litigation context, as we talked about when we covered the trial. What you say in court is privileged. It can't be defamatory. It's what we call the litigation privilege. Uh, if there weren't that privilege, we'd have all sorts of problems uh, with accusing people of things that are ultimately found to be innocent of them, et cetera, et cetera. So the court is a special place where you basically get free reign to say what you will, obviously under the rules of evidence and with a judge telling you what can and can't come in, that kind of thing. But as the Today Show says, nearly two weeks after a jury ruled that she had defamed her ex-husband, Johnny Depp, Amber Heard continues to defend herself. In an exclusive interview with Savannah Guthrie airing in two parts Tuesday and Wednesday this week on Today, and in a special Friday on Dateline, the Aquaman actor said, she won't back down from her testimony in court and that Depp physically and psychologically abused her. To my dying day, I will stand by every word of my testimony, Heard said in the interview regarding the former couple's high profile defamation case. Seven person jury in that case ultimately ruled in Depp's favor after finding clear and convincing evidence that Heard defamed him. Hold, stop. So the clear and convincing standard was on the actual malice component. The actual malice component basically fell away and was easy for the jury to find one direction or the other because these two people were in the room. Which means if they have diametrically opposed stories, one of them is lying on almost every instance that they wound up discussing. So that's the clear and convincing standard. That wasn't the tricky part. The actual proof for the majority of this, whether it was defamatory, et cetera, is the preponderance of evidence, that 50% plus one scintilla uh, that we talk about in other contexts. He was awarded $15 million in compensatory and punitive damages. A judge reduced the punitive damages, making the total 10.4 million. Now it's actually, uh, I believe it's 10.35 million rounded up. That's fine. But also I wanted to point out this sentence is at least a little odd because the judge did reduce it because the statute required the judge to reduce it. So this to me sounds like, if I'm not familiar with the case, the judge made some kind of judgment, uh, and that isn't what happened. There was no judgment here. The rule is 350 is the maximum, 350 it thus became. Uh, So I would like to see a little bit more contours around this. I can't stop analyzing how things are portrayed in stories, even though I'm just trying to get the facts out. Uh, And so I highlighted these two sentences uh, for you. Speaking to Hurd, Savannah touched on the toll of audio recordings presented to the jury to corroborate both Heard and Depp's testimonies. Those recordings became a central talking point online and in the courtroom because they're powerful as Depp's legal team called into question Heard's credibility as the opposing legal team is supposed to do. I'm looking at a transcript, I believe this is Guthrie saying this right here, that says, he says, you start physical fights and you say, I did start a physical fight. I can't promise you I won't get physical again, Savannah read, adding, this is in black and white. I understand context, but you're testifying and you're telling me today I never started a physical fight. And here you are on tape saying that you did. In response, Heard reiterated her testimony during the trial in which she claimed to only become physical with her ex-husband when trying to defend herself. So here's Amber Heard. As I testified on the stand about this, is this what... When your life is at risk, not only will you take the blame for things that you shouldn't take the blame for, but when you're in an abusive dynamic psychologically, emotionally and physically, you don't have the resources that say you or I do with the luxury of saying, hey, this is black and white because it's anything but when you're living in it. So in this particular kind of component of the interview, you've got the interviewer here saying, look, we've got audio that says you won't promise to not be physical again. And you started a physical fight and you're saying that you didn't. And your response really isn't an answer, at least as presented in this article, to that point. It is the notion that says, well, when you're in the, the maelstrom here, things happen, right? Because it's not black and white when you're in that kind of context. Following up with Heard's assertion that she only became physical in response to violence, Savannah pointed to another tape that came up during the trial. You're taunting him, and this is the tell the world, And saying, Oh, tell the world, Johnny Depp, I, a man, am a victim of domestic violence, Savannah said of the audio. And I've said it in a number of places now at this point. But it was when this audio was introduced that I really started thinking that Johnny Depp was going to win the case, or more specifically, that he had the chance of winning the case, because it was the first time that I really could reflect on what had been told to us and say, Yes, this can be seen effectively as Amber Heard being the abuser that she is absolutely taunting him in that audio, and she's taunting him in other audios as well. And Savannah Guthrie is is wise to bring it up here. But basically, Amber Heard doesn't respond to the substance of that. At this point in the interview, she says, 20-second clips of, or the transcripts of them are not representative of even the two hours or the three hours that those clips are excerpted from. And to some extent, that makes sense. Right. You can't just pull out 15 seconds of somebody saying something in a three hour argument. And God knows when you get into these big, long arguments uh, with a spouse or significant other, they can tailspin and go all over the place, as I think a lot of us have experience with. But she doesn't respond. Right. It's, it's worth noting that when you come out with this and say, look, you should talk about the tell the world and you say, well, that doesn't represent everything that was happening. OK, that's fine. But you didn't answer my question. Directing the interview to the closing argument, Savannah touched on a moment in which Depp's lawyer called Heard's testimony the performance of a lifetime and accused her of acting for the jury. And here's where we get that weird quote that we were talking about earlier. <clears throat> Says the lawyer for the man who convinced the world he had scissors for fingers? It sounds just that weird if you watch it in an interview form. I had listened to weeks of testimony insinuating that or saying quite directly that, you know, I'm a terrible actress. So I'm a bit confused how I could be both. And that's an interesting answer. It's fair in terms of, uh, you know, just what's being accused. She's being accused of the performance of a lifetime. She says, I thought I was a bad actress and Johnny Depp's a great actor, right? That's what the scissors for fingers actually is, is uh, that he can give a performance of a lifetime, potentially even better than her. And I think we'd all agree at this point, <clears throat> but it's not fair for them to accuse her of giving a performance when they have a very gifted actor as their client at the same time. Now, could you say it better? Could you say it like I just did? Absolutely. Instead, you make it sound really weird and bring in Edward Scissorhands. Uh, Now, I will also say this. When they say it was a performance of a lifetime, they're really just highlighting the performance part. And I think if she's being honest with herself, and I can never tell on this, she understands that. They aren't actually saying she gave a great performance. Uh, That's not what Depp's team would be doing. They're saying that she gave a performance. Uh, and so when she says, well, if I'm such a bad actress, how could it be the performance of a lifetime? Well, in all honesty, and not to be too much of a dig, uh, it could be the performance of your lifetime and not the performance of Johnny Depp's lifetime or Meryl Streep's lifetime or what have you. Um, either way, they're not intending to complement your acting capabilities in this context. And I mean, I think that's clear on its face. So this isn't a great response either to that particular situation. Hurd and Savannah also spoke about the First Amendment, a right the actor lamented on an Instagram that she felt she'd lost as a result of the trial. And Savannah says, here's the thing about the First Amendment. The First Amendment protects free speech, but it doesn't protect lies that amount to defamation. And that was the issue in the case, Savannah noted, emphasizing that truth was at the heart of the trial and what the jury was tasked with determining. That's right, folks. The jury had to say that these things weren't truthful because truth is an absolute defense to defamation. So the jury really did find that what she was accusing Johnny Depp of was untruthful. Can you go there and say the jury was wrong? Absolutely. You are allowed to critique whatever you like, and you can critique what happened in court in any case. That's okay. But when you've been found by a jury to have an accusation like Johnny Depp abused me and go out with it in an interview context again and again, and we'll see even more kind of potentially damning quotes in just a minute. Uh, that's going to potentially expose you to legal liability again, even though Amber Heard finishes off and the Today article finishes off here with, and that's all I spoke, it's truth, and I spoke it to power, and I paid the price. So Amber Heard's position here is that she only ever told the truth, and this is what happens to an Amber Heard uh, who tells the truth, quote-unquote, uh, in court. Now, we can evaluate the court for ourselves. I find this absolutely uh, incredible literally, uh, but um, she's within her rights to feel scorned by the court system. Where it becomes trouble is in this kind of doubling down, and more specifically, in doubling down in some specific way. So here's the Daily Mail again, uh, and this is actually not the article that we're going to be looking at with respect to defamation, but this is the Daily Mail summarizing things. They have some pretty good summaries. We also got a Hollywood Reporter article that has some pretty good summaries, and I was really interested in what some of these outlets that are, that are covering this case and this interview a little bit more strongly, we're pulling out, right? Because those are the things that are going to be the most important. Those are the things that are getting a megaphone or a multiplier applied to them going out in places like these outlets. Uh, And that's going to be what's potentially the most damaging to uh, Johnny Depp uh, and his team or or the Johnny Depps of the world. Uh, Here, Daily Mail says she's speaking out about an unfair verdict in the former couple's $8 million defamation trial, which it kind of is an $8 million defamation trial. It's a little bit uh, too loose uh, with what actually happened here, but that's all right. Uh, during the sit-down interview, which was pre-recorded on Thursday after the actress flew into New York on a private jet from Washington, Heard also accused the jurors in the trial of being duped by her ex-husband, branding him as nothing more than a fantastic actor who convinced the world he had scissors for fingers in a bizarre reference to his performances as Edward Scissorhands in Tim Burton's 1990 movie. And we hear it. Again, the quote says the lawyer for the man who convinced the world he had scissors for fingers. I'm a bit confused how I could be giving a great performance and also be a terrible actress. But despite a jury ruling overwhelmingly in her ex-husband's favor, finding her guilty on three counts of defamation against him, the actress refused to walk back her claims of abuse, instead doubling down on her allegations that he was physically violent towards her and accusing him of lying on the stand when he said that he never hit her. He said he never hit you. Is that a lie? To which Heard responded bluntly, yes, it is. Now that's interesting because here you have just accused Johnny Depp of being a physical abuser, which in large part, as best anybody could tell, the jury in Virginia found to be false. That the implied statement was this put forth in your 2018 Washington Post opinion editorial. They found that to be false. And now you are going on national news and saying, yes, he hit me. To my dying day, I will stand by every word of my testimony, which, again, I don't find to be problematic in and of itself, because you're always allowed to stand by your testimony and you're always allowed to critique the justice system. That's the nature of the First Amendment. I know we joke about that coming up in Amber Heard's defense, but there are kernels of truth there. uh, And it's one of the things we'll be talking about with respect to injunction as well. We scroll down a little bit more. Heard also accused Depp's lawyers, Vasquez and her associate, Benjamin Chu. What a great description of that relationship, right? Benjamin Chu, senior partner and certified badass, but he is the associate of Camille Vasquez uh, by the time the trial ends, uh, of trying to distract the jury from the real issues during the trial, conceding that they had done a better job of that than her own legal team. When grilled by Guthrie about audio clips that were played during the six week trial, Heard insisted that she only ever responded to physical violence, but she never instigated it. I know much has been made of these audio tapes, she said. They were first leaked online after being edited. What you would hear in these clips was not evidence of what was happening. It was evidence of a negotiation of how to talk about that with your abuser. Now, the weird thing about this particular defense is that Amber Heard's team used the audio against Johnny Depp, or tried to, at least, obviously failing as far as the jury was concerned, but they offered that as proof of what was said in these various conversations uh, and not just negotiation with how to talk about things with your abuser. Obviously, and this is the big part of the trial for the whole six weeks that it went down, is that it was very easy to take either side's argument and apply it to the other party. So what it really came down to was which party you believed, which party seemed the more sincere and after watching the trial, it seemed clear that Johnny Depp's version of events of the world around him seemed more sincere, more likely, uh, more uh, easily found to be true than what Amber Heard was asserting. So once you have this kind of stuff that you could basically apply either direction, you're mostly just evaluating the credibility of the two individuals in front of you. Heard also took aim at the witnesses who testified on Depp's behalf during the trial, branding them as paid employees and randos, and accusing them of uh, filing rank, filling rank, filing rank, and supporting the person they depend on. I did do and say horrible, regrettable things throughout my relationship, she confessed. I behaved in horrible, almost unrecognizable to myself ways. I have so much regret. I freely and hopefully and voluntarily talked about what I did. This is not what happened. I talked about the horrible language. I talked about being pushed to the extent where I didn't even know the difference between right and wrong. If you go and watch her testimony, and you can see this, she testifies for three separate days. You do not get an image of an individual who was freely and voluntarily talking about what they did in a negative light. One of the big problems with her testimony was that she presented either on her own strategic impulse or her team's as a very innocent person that was tyrannized by Johnny Depp, the monster man. Uh, And if she had presented it a little bit more like Johnny Depp, there is every possibility that she could have had the finding come in her favor. That did not happen. That's how the jury arrived at its decision. You don't need other reasons to believe the jury did find against her, like social media corruption, etc. But she is fixated on that. She has a little bit more testimony here. We have more pictures from the Daily Mail. I will put it this way. How could they make a judgment? How could they not come to that conclusion that I couldn't be believed? She said they had sat in those seats and heard over three weeks of nonstop, relentless testimony from paid employees and towards the end of the trial, randos, as I say. And I assume that's Morgan Tremaine, uh, the the manager of uh, the Hicksville. I don't blame them. I don't blame them. I actually understand. He's a beloved character and people feel that they know him. He's a fantastic actor. Again, how could they, after listening to three and a half months of testimony about how I was an uncredible person, not believe a word that came out of my mouth? And again, this is essentially deflection, right? When you look at this kind of answer, it's the jury didn't believe me because Johnny Depp had too many paid people and too many randos. Now, weirdly, the randos are actually some of the more effective people that Johnny Depp had brought in, because those randos, in large part, things like the police officers and whatnot, don't have a vested interest in Johnny Depp or Amber Heard. Now, can you argue the fact that the TMZ guy or the Hicksville guy uh, were acting through social media and potentially wanted a little publicity? Yes, Elaine Bredehoff tries to do that in her cross-examination. The problem that Amber Heard has is that her own witnesses don't quite corroborate the same story that she's telling and everybody on the other side says almost all of it is false. So you once again, get into this diametrically opposed world state and which is the more believable winds up being Johnny Depp. I really truly believe that's how the jury finds in that direction and not with, well, how could they believe me after they had a plaintiff's case? That's, that's how these things work. They question your credibility and then you show that you are credible And what happened in this case was that they questioned your credibility, and you showed why it was so incredible. And that's you. That's your story. That's your team. That's what you put forth in front of the court. Um, So we have a lot of excuse making. We have a lot of deflection. Uh, Again, I mean, I I don't know that that's unusual. It's kind of what we would expect from this particular individual having observed the case that was presented over the course of a couple of months. Uh, But it doesn't do much for her. Heard, who says she was subjected to hate and vitriol online. I don't know that you actually need the says she was. She definitely was. Throughout the trial and in the wake of the verdict, doubled down on claims previously made by her lawyer that the trial was based biased by social media campaigns with the Aquaman actress branding the final verdict unfair. Even somebody who is sure, I'm deserving of all of this hate and vitriol. Even if you think uh, I am lying, you still couldn't look me in the eye That you think on social media, there's been a fair representation, she said. You cannot tell me that you think that this has been fair. Well, that's an interesting question, right? I've said in this space and elsewhere uh, that there are corners of the internet that I think went way too far with some of this stuff uh, that we like to do. Reasonable minds can differ here in this space. I like to bring that to the various panels that I participate on. Uh, And certainly early on, before we really could have any notion of which direction this was going, uh, social media went very far with things against Amber Heard. That said, it's not social media's job to be quote unquote fair. And it's also the fact that social media and people making memes or what have you had access to more information and more evidence earlier than I did uh, on this stuff or earlier than the jury did right? Because this has been going on for years and years and years and people were invested in finding out some of this information. And so they did. So by the time they're making some of these videos, they know more than I do. They know the tell the world Johnny audio is out there, which I still find to be very, very damning uh, to uh, Amber Heard's case. But I will say this, I don't think the internet covered itself in glory for what was a, a fairly serious set of circumstances. I can say both. I think, and I'm proud of participating in what I did, with talking about this trial, but I do think that some corners of the internet uh, didn't treat it with the even modicum of seriousness uh, that it deserved. And that might be okay with you. Reasonable minds can differ on this. Your mileage may vary as to where the line is on these things. But I think that even if you are okay with maybe more than I am, that there are things that cross whatever line you might otherwise hold. I don't care what anyone thinks about me or what judgments you wanna make about what happened in the privacy of my own home. In my marriage, uh, behind closed doors, I don't presume the average person should know those things, so I don't take it personally. So she says there's hate and vitriol. She says it's undeserved, but she doesn't take it personally. You have this kind of whipsaw effect uh, with a lot of these answers, uh, and that's fine. That's how people are. Uh, But certainly if your credibility is questioned, you probably don't want to be doing this kind of thing quite as much as you are. During an appearance on the Today Show, Bretta Hoff, Elaine, was asked if the Aquaman actress would be able to pay the damages she owes Depp after a jury vindicated his claims that she lied by accusing him of abuse during their marriage, to which she replied, no, absolutely not. Keep that in your pocket, because that's going to come back as something of interest. Uh, the lawyer also echo- echoed her client's thoughts of the verdict, blasting it as a significant setback for women. It's a horrible message. It's a setback, a significant setback, because that's exactly what it means. Unless you pull out your phone and your video, your spouse, or your significant other beating you effectively you won't be believed. And this is Elaine and Amber going out there. This is the problem that a lot of people have with this. This is the message that this group is sending. And it's false. It's a it's a false message. In the situations presented by Amber Heard, with the stories that she told, with her history of documentation, all of those things go into questioning her credibility. But God, no, you don't need a video. What you need is credibility. And you, if you're Amber Heard, or your client, if you're Elaine Bredehoff, had none at that point in the trial. And honestly, it would probably be helpful to your client if you were explaining these things to her rather than some rando on YouTube like myself. As for Ben Chu, my view is that social media played no role whatsoever. This was a decision made by the jury on the evidence. It was overwhelmingly in depth's favor. So that's the Daily Mail. That's the Daily Mail covering this at this point. Now we're going to look, at uh, our own shores, the Hollywood Reporter, also covering some of the things that came out of this interview and what popped out to them. So every word of my testimony has popped out in all three locations. Again, I actually think that sounds almost lawyer vetted. That's probably okay to say. It's when you get into he's lying, right? To my dying day, I will stand by every word of my testimony. I spoke truth to power and I paid the price. Okay, probably fine. Speaking now, two weeks after the verdict, Heard called the jury's decision surreal and difficult and said the trial is an example of the social media era running amok. The jury is not immune to that, she said, of it being impossible for an unsequestered Virginia jury to avoid seeing how the widely covered trial played out online. Even if you think I'm lying, you still couldn't look me in the eye and tell me that you think on social media there's been a fair representation. This notion, by the way, that it's impossible for the jury to have avoided the social media impact of justice for Johnny Depp or I stand with Amber Heard or what have you is very, very questionable in and of itself because you have absolutely no evidence. You have nobody saying anything. You have no jurors telling you anything about this. But also, as others have pointed out, you are the ones that brought the hashtags in online. You're the ones that brought the social media experts in as part of your damages claim. You're the one that sat on the stand, Amber Heard. And said, all you have to do is look me up to see how poorly I'm being treated, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you say the jury is not immune to that. You're making an assumption. You are speculating as to what the impact on the jury was in a very potentially damaging way. Honestly, if we knew who the jurors were at this point in time, this is the kind of thing that might be defamatory in and of itself. But you're allowed to question the process. And certainly it is clear now from what Elaine has said and from what Amber has said that the non... Uh, sequestering of the jury is going to be part of your appeals uh, complaint. Now, we don't usually sequester juries here. It's a very unusual set of events and certainly not in civil cases. So it's going to be a tough road for them to go down in order to make this case. But that clearly is one of the things that they intend to argue. Uh, As The Hollywood Reporter's legal writer Winston Cho wrote, this is interesting, The U.S. verdict suggests that jurors rejected Heard's central theory of the case, that if there was even one instance of abuse, she should win because her statements would then be true. The jury was swayed, he notes, by Depp's arguments that Heard faked her injuries, which she documented with photographs and audio recordings, to boost her career by claiming her Me Too moment. This is an amazing paragraph, right? Because if you're reading this very closely, what you are reading is the Hollywood Reporter Uh, essentially reproducing what apparently they'd already written, which is not the notion that the jury found that there was no abuse in this relationship from Johnny Depp, but that effectively what they found was that it didn't, it took more than one case and that we could just evaluate the people against each other. Nothing that anybody knows about how the jurors might have come to their conclusion reflects this analysis. This is the analysis that lets Amber Heard say what she is saying. This is the analysis that is suggestive of a jury trial that was effectively wrongly decided, right? Because Ben Rottenborn's theory of the case, if Johnny Depp committed one act of abuse, makes him an abuser, makes it non-defamatory, is fundamentally legally correct. So the jury not adopting it is fundamentally legally wrong. Uh, But what we do know is that a unanimous group of seven Virginians in a closed room found her statements to be defamatory, which doesn't suggest anything like this. It suggests that they found that her statements were fundamentally false. Uh, And so this is an interesting portion of the Hollywood Reporter article. And you see some of what we've otherwise talked about in Hangouts and headlines right here. I never had to instigate it. I responded to it, she told Guthrie. When you're living in violence and it becomes normal, as I testified to, you have to adapt. This is when Savannah Guthrie apparently presents the other audios uh, that says that you started fights. Citing Depp saying he never hit her, Guthrie asked, is that a lie? Heard responded, yes, it is. That to me is probably the biggest issue if she has any uh, right here. And when speaking to Guthrie, Heard said she fears a possible response from Depp. I'm scared that no matter what I do, no matter what I say and how I say it, every step that I take will present another opportunity for this sort of silencing, which is what I guess a defamation lawsuit is meant to do. It's meant to take your voice. No. A defamation lawsuit is meant to present prevent falsehoods that negatively impact another's business uh, or livelihood from being allowed. First Amendment, very broad freedom of speech in the United States, but you aren't allowed to just lie about people to their harm. You can do lies, right? People that go on social media and say lying uh, is not legal are wrong. If you go and you tell your significant other that you're working late at work, but you actually go off to the bar before heading home, that is something that is legal. It is not defamatory. However, if you go and tell the world that your significant other is a murderer and they just haven't been discovered yet, when that isn't true... That is defamation, and that is a potential problem for you from a legal standpoint. That is the difference. Lies, all lies, are not illegal. Lies that are defamatory, that harm the reputation or business prospects of another are. In a statement obtained by The Hollywood Reporter, a spokesperson said of Heard speaking out, Johnny Depp's legal team blanketed the media for days after the verdict with numerous statements and interviews on television, and Depp himself did the same on social media. Ms. Heard simply intended to respond to what they aggressively did last week. She did so by expressing her thoughts and feelings, much of which she was not allowed to do on the witness stand. This is absolutely unbelievable. And this is the third time, the fourth time that an Amber Heard spokesperson has come out and basically said that all she's doing is responding to the aggressive actions of the Johnny Depp team. When what actually happened, what we saw in real time, it's only two weeks, most of us have memories that can last that long is that Elaine Breda was sent out by Amber Heard's team first to get out and say the jury was corrupted. and We have all these problems and the evidence was suppressed and we had a mountain of evidence and it's all misogyny or what have you. She goes out with that. And then Johnny Depp starts a TikTok and his crew goes out there with some fairly benign interviews and now She responds with an interview that is significantly more attacking. And I will tell you this, just conceptually, when you're out there in your interview saying I didn't initiate violence, I only ever reacted to it. And then your spokespeople are here describing what isn't violence, but a sequence of rhetorical flourishes and explaining it to us in a way that doesn't match our experience watching it in real time. Well, you've once again undercut your credibility for seemingly the 50th time in the last two months. So none of this is working out for her in my opinion, but that's how you get to the Daily Mail having a headline that says, this could spur another lawsuit. Legal experts reveal Johnny Depp could take ex-wife Amber Heard to court for republishing her abuse allegations against him in today interview. That's actually not republishing in that way. It's, it's publishing again. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that uh, in a second as well. But here the Daily Mail is, again, this is the actual headline that I used for the thumbnail of this article. And we get Amber Heard has opened the door for Johnny Depp to sue her once again. During the explosive interview, which was pre-recorded on Thursday in New York City, uh, the actress, 36, called the verdict in her defamation trial against Depp unfair and insisted that she is going to stand by every word of her testimony until the day she dies. The 36-year-old, they mentioned that she's 36 a lot. I I don't know what I would describe the Daily Mail's writing style as, but it is a little odd. Doubled down on her allegations that Depp was physically violent towards her during their one year of marriage, and accused him of lying on the stand when he said that he never hit her. Now, New York-based entertainment lawyer, Nicole Half, who works at Romano Law, has revealed exclusively to DailyMail.com how Hurd's comments could well backfire and result in her getting sued by the Pirates of the Caribbean star once again. I know it's hard to write articles where you have to reference the same people over and over again, but I still find it funny. It's always Aquaman star this or Pirates of the Caribbean star that. I did want to look up this particular law firm and this particular individual, because I was like, that's a weird kind of call out. This is kind of call out that you actually have as part of what are you going to give me? You're going to give me attribution. Uh, and so I, I did look them up and it turns out that this law firm is, as best as I can describe it, uh, law tube by other means, right? We've got here videos from Romano Law, news coverage with an expert legal media analyst. Our managing attorney, Dominic Romano, serves a legal media analyst and provides insights on news channels, including NBC, CBS, CNN, Fox, and Bloomberg. Dominic Romano has a strong foundation in business and entertainment law. He offers critical insight on mainstream media cases involving celebrities, athletes, sports, businesses, and organizations to the audience. And we see here, copyright attorney explains Top Gun Maverick lawsuit. I have a video here on that. Uh, Dominic Romano on Wake Up With Cheddar. Not familiar with that one. Entertainment attorney discusses verdict in Depp versus Heard trial. Obviously, talked a lot about that. Uh, Did Heard defame Depp in 2018. Baldwin on the Rust shooting. Have a video about that. So, hey, you know. We've got other ways to do this kind of thing, and they go out and do these kinds of interviews and talk with folks like the Daily Mail or CNN or NBC, and more power to them. Uh, But it was interesting to go see exactly uh, what these folks are doing. Yes, this interview could count as a new publication under the law, which could spur a third lawsuit, the attorney explained. And that attorney is right. When we talk about publications, when we talk about libel, It's every instance of something that is coate, that is concrete, that you can otherwise see, record, and know still is in existence, right? Slander is the ephemeral speech that goes away out with the wind, and libel is when it's printed, and that can be printed in writing. That can be printed on vinyl in record form. Here in 2022, that can be printed in today's show YouTube video format. So this is another publication. This video that I'm making right now is a publication. So you're always evaluating when you make something, whether or not you're defaming another. So this lawyer is right. This is obviously a new publication of these particular facts on hand. And then the question is, did something that you say in that publication rise to the level of defamation? As I've said, did he lie on the stand? Yes, he did. Could, because that is, at least by implication, as we know it from the 2018 Washington Post op-ed, is the kind of implication that says Johnny Depp is a domestic abuser. In fact, it's closer to that, Then the three sentences that were used in the Washington Post article. So is this defamatory? Potentially. Is the statement that she made in their Instagram post defamatory? At least one sentence is, as we've talked about in the past. Those are the possibilities there. Now, is Johnny Depp likely to go and have another lawsuit against this person because it's so expensive and takes so much time to do these things? no. But there are other options that we'll talk about in just a second. Daily Mail then brings up republication as a definition. That's wrong. Good try, Daily Mail. Uh, Herds' lawyers have already stated that she cannot pay the original judgment. Remember, I told you to put that in your pocket. Keep it in your pocket. Check on it. Make sure it's still there because we're going to get back to that uh, in just a minute. And I think that's all the Daily Mail has on this. We've got the lies. To my dying day, I'll stand by my testimony. Uh, and Herds uh, also insisted that the jury's decision was influenced by unfair social media representation. So Uh, She would be potentially defaming the jury, uh, but the jury isn't known so that you can't really make a defamation case on that. Is Johnny Depp likely to sue over this defamation? No, because it's an enormous process. But what he could do is ask the Virginia courts for an injunction. Now, what does that mean? pulled up an article from a law firm here. Like I said, I'm not a Virginia attorney, but most jurisdictions are going to have similar concepts to this. You want an injunction from the court, you're going to have to go show the court a couple of things. One, that money doesn't make you whole. Uh, Money is the way that the law works. When we talk about remedies that the court system can afford you. We talk about equitable remedies and we talk about legal remedies. Legal remedies, that's cash dollars, y'all. That is money that they can order, be exchanged from one person to another. Here, the court has engaged in a legal remedy of ordering Amber Heard to pay Johnny Depp about $10 million. But Amber Heard's continuing to go out there. Amber Heard's continuing to go out there on her Instagram Amber Heard's continuing to go out there on the Today Show. So what could a plaintiff here do? They won their case. Fundamentally, in the interests of justice, we look at this and say it would be unfair for the defendant who has been found to defame the plaintiff with the statement of the plaintiff domestically abused me, at least as implied in the Washington Post op-ed, to go out there with that assertion again and again and again. This defames him. A jury found it. It hurts his reputation and it hurts his uh, business goodwill. So what can be done? And the answer is you can ask the court for an equitable remedy, not money, but an actual order, either ordering someone to do something or in this case, ordering them to not do something. And what would that look like? That would be effectively saying Amber Heard is no longer permitted to assert that Johnny Depp abused her. Now, as you can imagine, that's a potential problem in the overall constitutional framework of the United States because the First Amendment says, hey, you shall have freedom of speech. But as Savannah Guthrie pointed out, that doesn't extend as far as defamation, as falsehoods that harm the reputation of another. So here we have a kind of Virginia analysis of what that looks like in uh, in this respect. A defamatory statement or publication can cause serious damage to a person's business or professional reputation. Monetary damages are always available to the victim of defamation, we just saw that. But in some cases, damages do not fit a client's situation or needs. For example, in many circumstances, the person making the defamatory statements has done so on numerous occasions and continues to spread the harmful lies. Furthermore, some defendants have so few assets that they are essentially judgment proof, meaning they have no incentive to stop repeating the defamation. Remember, told you to put that in your pocket because they are now out there in the television setting saying that she doesn't have enough money to even pay the current judgment. So what redress can the court actually afford to Johnny Depp if he were to sue over these statements again? That's important. What good is a judgment against the speaker if the defamation is going to continue? Understandably, many businesses and individuals want the court to make the defamer stop. And Virginia courts can do so by granting an injunction in defamation cases. If the defamer refuses to comply, the court may hold the individual in contempt and impose additional damages or even jail time. However, a plaintiff has many hurdles to success in getting an injunction and the impact of such an injunction may be limited. Two major requirements for a defamation injunction are, one, irreparable injury, and two, that the injunction not infringe the First Amendment freedom of speech. To obtain an injunction, the plaintiff must show that he or she has suffered irreparable harm, typically meaning that monetary damages are insufficient to make the plaintiff whole. And then they send us over to this case. They send us over to this case of uh, D'Ambrosio versus D'Ambrosio. And if you ever see a headline to a case like this, you can bet that it's very likely a divorce proceeding, which is in fact the case in this particular instance. So we scroll down a little bit. We're reading what's happening here. And we see that uh, James D'Ambrosio shares joint legal and physical custody of his child uh, with the appellee, his former wife. Uh, D'Ambrosio appeals an order uh, entered by the trial court contending that the trial court aired when it modified a custody decree. We don't care about that. And entered an injunction prohibiting D'Ambrosio from making defamatory comments about Fowler to third parties. So this is, the husband was prohibited from saying defamatory things to third parties about his ex-wife. And if you read that and you look at that, one of the things that should jump off the page at you, especially if you're in law school or otherwise looking at First Amendment jurisprudence, is that this is really, really broad. What in the world is a defamatory comment without a definition? Right? We don't even know that in this case that we're looking at right this second, and it's been litigated for two months. So, what's a defamatory comment? That's too broad. To all third parties, probably also too broad. And that's one of the reasons why this case is going to stand for the proposition that the court can come in and say, no, 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 no. You can't give an injunction that looks like this. But it doesn't prevent the Johnny Depps of the world from going and seeking and even winning an injunction because there's much more going on here. We have to scroll to the bottom because that's where they actually discuss this. Um, here we go. Unquestionably, an injunction is an extraordinary remedy. Thus, to secure an injunction, a party must show irreparable harm and the lack of an adequate remedy at law. Also, an injunction must be specific in its terms, and it must define the exact extent of its operation so that there may be compliance. In other words, the injunction should set forth what is enjoined in a clear and certain manner, and its meaning should not be left for speculation or conjecture. Here, the injunction meets none of these requirements. First, Fowler offered no evidence that absent the injunction, she would be irreparably harmed. So, Here, one of the things that you can say is, well, if you're Johnny Depp, I'm concerned that she has absolutely no reason to not continue defaming me because as it stands, I already have a judgment that eats up all of her assets. That's at least what Elaine Bredehoff has suggested and what Amber Heard has suggested herself. So when we're talking about this, your honor... I can offer that I would be irreparably harmed by not getting this injunction because there is no way that the law can afford me redress for the harm that I would otherwise experience. A jury has already found that these kinds of statements are defamatory. And if Amber Heard can just go out there and keep saying them, and my $10 million verdict is already everything that she has, then there is no reason that she will stop just because of a damage award. And that means that I'm in trouble. And I can offer that evidence with Elaine Breda Hoffs own damn statement on national television, which is a heck of a thing to have in your back pocket. So, you know, they're continuing to kill it with what they're revealing in their interviews. That's why I told you to pay attention to those particular statements. Second, Fowler failed to demonstrate that she had no adequate remedy in law. So these are the same kinds of things. These are the same sides of a different coin, essentially. Hey, they don't have the money to pay me. I will be irreparably harmed because this will harm me and I can't get redress. Uh, And there is no adequate remedy because money doesn't make me whole. Third, the injunction fails to sufficiently define the prohibited conduct and therefore is vague and overbroad. And this is the easy one to answer if you're Johnny Depp. Here is what I want them to be enjoined from saying. I abused her. Anything that implies that I abused her. A jury has found it to be defamatory. I did not abuse her. The jury sided with me. She should be prohibited and enjoined from saying those things. Uh, You could do it to third parties. And if you wanted to narrow that uh, to publications or what have you, you could potentially do that as well. So that's why this fails. It's too vague and overbroad. No evidence was presented at all on the irreparable harm concept, but that makes it hurdles to overcome. It doesn't mean that they can't be overcome. In one recent case, says this article from this law firm, the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of Virginia recognized one form of irreparable injury that is common to many defamation cases. A defendant won't stop defaming the plaintiff. Your Honor, they've done it twice in two weeks, at least, and probably more if we're really digging and we're bringing this injunction. The court reasoned that in some cases, because a defendant has repeatedly defamed someone, there is a danger that the plaintiff will have to return to the court after each future defamatory statement can- creating a multiplicity of suits and denying the plaintiff closure. That is irreparable. It continues to hit me. I don't get the closure that the law has told me that I should get, and it will happen again and again again. And again, and I will spend more money on lawyers that can't get back to me. Additionally, some cases may result in damages insufficient to deter a wealthy defendant, but in other cases, even a substantial damage award may have no effect on someone who has no significant assets and is essentially judgment proof. The second requirement is that the injunction not infringe on First Amendment free speech rights. The First Amendment limits, among other things, the government's ability to place restraint on speech before it happens, which is precisely what an injunction to prevent future defamation would do. Courts will allow such an injunction, however, so long as the scope of the injunction is closely tailored to the statements the court has ruled are defamatory. We know what is defamatory. It is the implication that Johnny Depp is an abuser. And so they can enjoin that specifically, not everything that could possibly be said, but that Johnny Depp is a domestic abuser against Amber Heard. So that is a possibility. And it is also possible that Johnny Depp's team is basically just happy letting her go out there and do all of this because every single time one of these interviews happens, it seems like they take themselves a ste- uh, back a step or three or eight, uh, whether it's in the appeals process, whether it's in allowing their injunction to go through. Every single time they talk, they appear to gather at least a little bit more on the depth side of things. So it might be that they just decide to let her keep talking because for the most part, that court of public opinion notion is with them. And any analysis of an interview like this one comes with it again The the look at Amber Heard, the way she's answering these questions and saying, you remain completely uncredible. And so maybe Depp's team is otherwise happy. But could they seek an injunction? I believe that they could. Could they seek a defamation lawsuit? I believe that they could, but not that they would, because that's an enormous, expensive legal process, and it doesn't actually help them in any way that really matters. But could they get an injunction? And then could they use that injunction to potentially go and seek contempt of court kind of orders if this continues? Yeah, they could. And I think that they probably will. So those are the articles for today. I'm just collecting a few of the super chats that I've seen come in while we were talking about that. What do you think? What do you think of the potential for future defamation? What do you think for the future of a potential injunction uh, kind of request or order from the depth side of things? Do you think it's likely? Do you think it's less likely? Let me know. Uh, I'm going to cover these super chats. Obviously, those are always welcome. Uh, but if you just want to flag me with at hoglaw, generally speaking, I will see those. Uh, although certainly as we have, you know, a few thousand people here, sometimes I do miss those. So if you want to flag a couple of times, uh, I don't blame you. I, I know that uh, if you think you got a good question, I'm always inclined to uh, to ping somebody a couple of times myself. So let's take a look at some of these Super Chats. Mandy Stevens, while the scissors for fingers is crazy, it's the tone of vitriol in the From the Lawyer Who that says a lot about Amber Heard's emotional response towards Camille. There is a lot of that, right? Savannah Guthrie's question isn't really about Camille Vasquez. It's about what she presented in court. And there is a lot of From the Lawyer, like real, at least a sense of. We're speculating, right? We're trying to read somebody's mind. A sense of animosity there. Um, And You know, if you're self-righteous, if if you are legitimately in belief of your own rightness of stance, I can see how opposing counsel could make you that agitated. I've said it while we were covering the stream. Hey, if you believe Johnny Depp's team is in the right, you should feel potentially a little bit aggravated when cross-examination or opposing counsel does something right. I want to see those lawyers do the best they can for their clients, either direction. uh, But certainly, if you feel that justice is on one side or the other, uh, cross-examination or whatever else that they put forth in their own case-in-chief can feel bad. Um, So I think Amber Heard is uncredible, but I don't blame really anybody for not loving their opposing counsel. Britt Cormier, I like how she is painting JD's side spoke for three and a half weeks and we could not speak at all. No, Amber Heard, your side had plenty of time to cross and discredit the JD case. Your side was not silent for three weeks. In fact, they were even, Stephen, I think Johnny Depp actually forfeited five hours or so on the last day. So there was more Amber Heard's team's time uh, than Johnny Depp's. But you are right that they are painting this as if the whole court system is out of order, that she didn't get the same amount of time. It's an injustice, a massive injustice uh, that was leveled against her. Pew Pew, the article says she defends herself, should read repeats allegations and attacks X. Maybe. She's definitely trying to defend herself. It's in a way that I don't find to be very useful. Uh, but she is trying to defend herself in the in the interview. There's no question there. Pew, pew, false allegations can lead to prison, which often does lead to R of the accused. Lying about SA is incredibly serious and dangerous. Should prosecute? Well, I don't think we have anything on the books to actually prosecute for this, especially after the statute of limitations, for the most part. People want perjury, that kind of thing. Obviously, that's very difficult to prove. Uh, but yes, false accusations are worthy of contempt. And so when she says, even if you think I'm lying, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, it's like, no, do you understand that if you are lying about this, and a lot of us believe that you are at this point in time, that is evil. That is one of the most heinous things that you can actually imagine. To, to accuse someone of doing the things that you accused Johnny Depp of doing, if he didn't do them, that is horrible. And it's easy for us to step into the shoes of someone that could potentially be accused of those kinds of things just by words on the wind and say, that is an enormous existential threat to justice uh, and to the way that we live our lives. And that can't be allowed. And so that's why you see that level of vitriol. Vincent Rando, well, I'm a Rando. I'm on Team Johnny, so at least that part of her story checks out. Well said, Vincent Rando. Well said. Kareen. I disagree her evidence was lacking. No medical for the injuries she claimed and Photoshop pictures Also, 98% of the witnesses on her side said they saw no injuries on her. The ones that did weren't believable. Yeah, and I think that's what is that, a hospital emoji? That's pretty cool. Uh, Yeah, I think she lacked extrinsic evidence throughout. Um, That's part of her problem. She thinks she has a mountain of evidence. She thinks that she's in the right. I I don't know that she's even lying on this stuff. She fully believes it potentially, but that doesn't make it true. Kareen, in court, we have to show evidence not just believable because a person is likable, JD's evidence was more compelling, even if he didn't win the majority of people who saw the trial can see that. Yeah, I've said in this space and elsewise, uh, and I've gotten in trouble for it from some commenters, Johnny Depp doesn't seem like the kind of guy that I would hang out with. But I wasn't evaluating who I wanted to hang out with. I was evaluating what evidence was presented uh, in court. And I think that Amber Heard's was massively wanting and Johnny Depp had the better side of things. Katrina Hernandez, who knew I would wake up each morning looking to see if I missed your hangouts and headlines? Then be sad if I do, but also happy when I catch it live. Thank you, Hug. Well, thank you for dropping in and hanging out with us. Uh, This is a lot of fun for me on the weekends as well. Uh, Weekends, sure. It's a weekend. It's that kind of day. Diana, super sticker. Thank you so much for the support. Van D, that spokesperson is gaslighting the world. Conspiracy theory. Was Amber Heard gaslighted by her entourage and now believes all she is claiming? I think there's a possibility that... Much of this is kind of an echo chamber effect that she tells the stories to her psychologist and the psychologist says you're being abused and all these various things. Uh, But I can't speak to that. One of the big problems in this case is that Amber Heard and her storytelling is so not credible that if there is a kernel of truth there, and I think there could be, it is entirely impossible to detect. So why is this happening? What is true? What isn't? I can't speak to that. Uh, at all, which is what a jury basically has to rely upon by the time they're making their decision. Michael Bennett, just wanted to say I very much appreciate you, Alita and Rob. You are rational, compassionate, thoughtful, and sincere. Thank you. Well, thank you, Michael. That What a nice thing to say. I really, really appreciate it. We definitely try. Joseph Krakowski, Rando8675309 here. I did my best to not sing that. How likely is it that there will be more legal action directed at Amber Heard? Can you say hi to Team Taco? Hi, Team Taco. Also, it's Joseph I. Uh Oh, Joseph I. Thanks, Joseph I. I think I just said Joseph, so I didn't even catch the I. Apologize for that. How likely? I think an injunction is a material non-zero chance. Uh, That they might just wait to gather a few more pieces of uh, interviews or potential things that they might do and then go and and get an injunction with a nice pile of of evidence of defamatory statements behind them. Uh, Are they going to sue over this again? I don't think so. Uh, That seems unlikely, especially with the notion that uh, you've got your win. You won emphatically. uh, You're going to go through the appeals process potentially. That's where you're next going to have the fight, if at all. Uh, and you don't need to have another lawsuit on this because right now you're standing there having one. Apple Pie, question, what are the odds all this slander against the jury? It's libel, libel's in print. will keep them from coming forward on their own, fearing backlash. Uh, that's a good question. The jury, at least a portion of them are likely looking at this saying, I don't want any part of the publicity here, but I would be willing to bet at least a couple of them are are looking at this and saying, well, this is one of the more popular Uh, stories of the day and I can go sell a book or I can go sell some kind of attribution or whatever uh, and and make at least a little bit of money for what was a very long time that the state of Virginia or the Commonwealth of Virginia, as the case may be, uh, asked me to give up my life. Uh, And so I would suspect at least a few of them are going to do that, but we will see. Raber Umfenor, simply put, why is she doing this? I don't know. I think that she has truly taken in that the whole system is against her uh, and that she has a certain amount of real belief that at least some of this happened. And it could be related to things that did happen that we can't see exactly because of the way the stories are presented. Uh, but it strikes me that she is sincere in her notion that this whole courtroom's out of order. And at least as presented again and again and again, can't understand why the rest of us don't believe her uh, other than baked in misogyny, fun times, super sticker. Thank you so much for the support. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm having a a great morning here with this conversation with a different hat. Uh, Loving it. Everybody vintage Willow. I think if I were the jury, I'd be getting mad. And that would be why I would come forward more than anything else. I would be mad I would be mad if, if you are impugning my uh, justice that I have afforded after giving you two months of my life uh, to try to actually do this in the right way. And you say, well, obviously anybody who ruled against me was corrupted by social media. No, there's a thousand reasons to rule against you, Amber Heard, and most of them are in your testimony. Muffins Turd, Hi. At was the main witness for the Sun paper, and now that At lies have been uncovered, do you think the Sun should pull out their article as their main witness was full of poop, and her evidence was unreliable? Uh, At is that Amber Heard? Oh, I, I see. Yeah, I see what you did with the T. Sorry, little slow uh, this morning. Uh, yeah, I don't think the Sun will. You know, they went through that court process, so they they have the right to do what they do. Uh, in Britain. But yeah, it it certainly looks like the reason that the Sun could do that was that they relied on the party closest to it. And now the party closest to it has been found to be a liar. If I were a newspaper, I would strongly consider at least writing about what had happened here uh, and potentially from the framework that I was duped. Uh, And then that can happen when you have sources that otherwise go out there uh, with information that you can't verify yourself. Jerry Frederick, please don't do videos with comments. All the LawTubers do this and it's annoying. Wow, this is meta. Please don't do videos with comments as I read the comment. All the LawTubers do this and it's annoying. I apologize that it's annoying. I will tell you that both this and the other headlines, the kind of analytical discussion that I've had in these videos are all ultimately going to wind up in the Just the Headlines playlist. You don't have to watch the Hangouts. You don't have to watch the Super Chats. I like waking up, hanging out, talking about various things, Obi-Wan Kenobi other things that pop up in these chats. Uh, And so that's the format that I like. But absolutely, if you don't like this part, you do not have to watch it. You can check out the Just the Headlines when they go up. I promise once I get through the last month and a half of headlines and they're in that playlist that I'll be updating this more regularly, maybe the same day as I do the Hangouts and Headlines format because my editor is super, super fast uh, and gets me what I talk about very, very quickly. Sorry about that if you don't like the rest. Carl Klein, I have never seen such a bad case of foot in mouth syndrome. Seems that way, right? Just going out there and making things worse, seemingly every time. Aaron Flemings, I think Amber wanted to secure particular things for herself, threatened, lied, and it ballooned out of control. I, I think that. I think it's a very substantial possibility that 2016 rolls around and she wants to get a divorce and she wants it to be put in the right foot. She wants to potentially get some good stuff out of it. She does the TRL, various things happen from there in the Sun article, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I can easily see how it just kind of spirals. Uh, we've seen that probably in our own lives with a small lie becoming a bigger lie. And it's you know, why you shouldn't lie if my kids are watching this. Uh, but otherwise, I don't know exactly what's happening with the rest of why she's doing any of this. That's part of the interest of this story, right? Pew Pew, she never learned to lose, always got her way. It's a possibility. Kate Worth in question, to prove defamation, does it need to be a monetary loss? So that's the damages question, right? No, and accusing someone of a crime like domestic abuse uh, in Virginia, as we saw them argue about, is a per se Uh, violation of the defamation rules, which means that it doesn't matter whether you have to prove damages or not. Uh, It is on its own, per se, by itself, uh, illegal uh, because it's so heinous. It's so bad. And certainly what Amber Heard has accused Johnny Depp of is so bad. She stands by her testimony uh, every bit. A lot of that testimony was very, very, very bad. And the jury found basically that it didn't happen. Um, So that's an interesting stance to take, certainly. I think that means don't do a lawyer reacts video. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to do a lawyer reacts video. This is to the extent that I'm reacting, it's here. I'm not going to do a video line by line. Um, That's, that's not what we do here. So if that is in fact the case, you're good. If it's just about the hangouts, that's, that's part of the title. So we're going to keep hanging out uh, with our headlines. Uh, What else do we have here? Uh, Chibi Motes. This is low key become the highlight to waking up for me. Not going to lie. I'm not a morning person, but this gives me a way to wake up. My brain faster in a relaxing environment. Thank you, Chib. I appreciate it. Um, I think they mean reacting to videos, which you already stated you don't plan to do. Okay. Well, then maybe I just misunderstood. And if I did, I very strongly apologize uh, for that. We don't do reacts videos here. I think the closest thing you can say to that here is our postmortems. And I believe I reacted to a Star Wars trailer once because I was bored on a Saturday morning and wanted to see what editing that looked like. Sometimes when I do something experimental on the channel, it's I wonder how you can edit that. And I wonder how you can do it quickly enough to work within my workday. And so I'm checking on that uh, on occasion and I do various things like comparing Star Wars trailers and whatnot. So those will pop up uh, from time to time. Haven't had enough time to do anything like that uh, in this space in quite a while, but I appreciate everybody clarifying for me uh, because we're definitely gonna keep doing hangouts. I I like having uh, these kinds of conversations. Uh, ML, Purple Heart, Purple Heart, H&H is now an addiction, hopefully not, hopefully still healthy. It just seems a narrative creation because now if Johnny Depp goes for an injunction, her idea that they want to silence her becomes true. Yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe it's 4D chess, right? You go out there with the argument that says that this whole process is just designed to silence me and look, now they're asking for an injunction. But I do think people can look at the overall situation and say, you had a jury find against you and if we're not the Guardian or if we're not some other outlet that's calling it a you know, a, a jury determined defamation, which is, I, who are you talking to? That's that's the court. Uh, then I think people can look at it and say, obviously, if that's defamation, you shouldn't be allowed from a sense of justice standpoint to keep saying the thing that was defamatory. Uh, so I, I think that she might be angling for that kind of defense argument, but I don't know that it would actually work for her, at least in the court of public opinion. Uh, Raybra Unfenor, love H&H. Would H&H slash LawTube do a Law 101 series? You know, I have thought about doing some evergreen stuff. Uh The closest right now on this channel, if, if you look, I do a series uh, where I discuss in detail all the provisions of a game publishing agreement. And I go over contract consideration. I go over indemnification, how it all operates together from a contractual standpoint. But I have thought about doing an evergreen series that is essentially, you know, Here's this concept, and in 10 minutes or less, you can get up to speed on this concept in case it comes up in a different case. What is defamation, right? Why is it an exception to the First Amendment? How do you generally prove it, et cetera, et cetera, Uh, and do that for a series of kind of uh, almost philosophical, theoretical things. That's the way you learn it in law school. You don't learn it with a specific set of circumstances or facts. You basically learn concepts and then apply them to different circumstances or facts. So maybe, Christina Cup, may the force be with you may it be with you. Thank you so much. I do love Star Wars. I just would see it done better. Um, I think that's all the super chats for right now. Uh, H&H is a good compliment to the video commentaries. I like both. Yeah, and that's fantastic. I mean, one of the things that I like to do is say that there's a lot of different places to get a lot of different types of content. So there are a couple of kind of line by line video commentaries about this interview out there. Go check those out. And then... You know, if you want the real story and not from those other law tubers, come over here to hang out. and Headlines. And we'll talk through some of the more specifics with you. I'm joking. I'm joking. All that stuff is great. We love to compliment each other. Um, well, we love to compliment. We love to work uh, with each other in complimentary fashions. I don't like to compliment anybody, obviously. Uh, her new PR team is not doing her any favors, says Marlene. Maybe she clearly wanted a more aggressive PR approach. She got that. Uh, let's see here. Pete green. A lot of people are using their rational mind to try to understand an irrational person. Maybe it's, it's tricky. It's, it's hard to understand what she's thinking in a lot of different ways. So I think you might be right a little bit. Um, definitely Robert Parado. ho I really enjoy H and H and also your digital hangouts. I also like the synergy you and Alita have when you stream together. Yeah. I think we work well together. Alita and I might have something cooking. Uh, we will see, uh, shortly, shortly. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, What else we got here? Uh, Nate's reactions are awesome. Yeah, go check out Nate's. I think he did a video uh, doing kind of a commentary look at all this. Uh, Hogue, they should just let AH keep talking. The more she does, the worse she looks. Absolutely. Um, For the moment, the more she talks, the more damage she does. A lot of that kind of in here. Echo chamber is real. The Edward Scissorhands statement is the same one that Eve Barlow tweeted the other day. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. And you can see that, right? You can probably even see that with your own friends and your own circumstances, how you get onto, to, oh, that's great. That's good rhetorical flourish. And then you put it in a different context and everybody's like, well, that was super weird, wasn't it? And it was. Her just coming out and talking about Edward Scissorhands was weird uh, in that context. Uh, Hogue, thank you for making mornings better. As I go slowly back to work following a mental health crisis, brain emoji, sickness emoji. I'm very sorry to hear that. Hopefully it has been a help. Thank you so much for letting me know. Uh, Marikita, honest question though, what did people expect her to say? Well, for the most part, you're not forced to give an interview. Uh, so the lawyers should be saying, this is a risk, be very careful here, uh, and say, uh, in, in respective questions that could be defamatory, uh, you know, we are going through an appeals process. We don't want to say anything that could potentially upend that. So I'm going to demure on that question for right now, or some equivalent, anything that talks about the substance of the statements you could say. You know, we obviously don't agree with what the jury found. That's why there's an appellate process in Virginia and in the other states, the United States. We think that that will vindicate our position. Uh, but until that point in time, uh, you know, we'll have to let you know uh, when that happens. Uh, it would be more shocking, in my opinion, if she suddenly did a 180 and changed her stance. Yeah, that's why these interviews are very unusual in this context right now. Um, and that's why she's finding herself having to explain herself and have a spokesperson say, well, they were so aggressive with their media coverage, which they weren't anybody that was watching this, Amber Heard's team started it with the lane going out there. It's very, very odd. Uh, Sardinisms at Hogue Law. I got curious, looked it up. Amber Heard was four when Edward Scissorhands came out. Thought, think she thought it was real and never reflected and realized others didn't. I don't think that's the case. We're having power out problems here, folks. If I if I leave very, very quickly, it's because my power has left me. Uh, and I'll see you on the next virtual legality, but you just saw my lights flash. That was what happened Uh, We will see. We'll try to get through these super chats quickly. Ray Oomfenor, that sounds great, Hoag. It would be amazing. Uh, Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We got something cooking. We got something cooking. Might be a little while yet. Uh, Ray Atkinson, Amber's damage award, I think, is what was missing on the court paperwork. Could be. Uh, The judge talks about a compensatory award not being there. uh, And it's possible the jury thought they had to give one. Unclear. Uh, But otherwise, uh, I think that's where we're going to leave you primarily because I have no idea how much more power I'm going to have uh, in this household uh, for the foreseeable future. So with that said, and with this last Super Chat done, my opinion matters. I'm going back to the beginning because I woke up late, but I want you to know I appreciate Hangouts and Headlines. Thank you so much. I appreciate you and your support of the channel. Folks, I intend to be here tomorrow. We're only doing Wednesdays off right now. uh, And I hopefully will be able to get another virtual legality episode out. But right now the house is under attack from pretty significant thunderstorm. So I'm gonna say my goodbyes to you uh, as of uh, right right this second, uh, Remy Herrera, thank you for becoming a member. I will check you out on the next episode of Virtual Legality. Have a safe one, everybody.